Hi, this is Stan Bush. And you got the power! You're listening to Play That Rock and Roll with Joe K. Yeah! This is not a test. This is Play That Rock and Roll Podcast Edition. I'm your host, Joseph K., and like the song at the start says, just call me Joe. Today, our guest is Stan Bush. Stan is our debut musical guest on this show, and by that I mean he is our first recording artist who's come on as a guest. Which means this is a very special episode. Stan Bush is most famous for his soundtrack work on the 1986 animated film Transformers. Songs like Dare and The Touch are featured on that soundtrack, and since then The Touch has had a life of its own. Both of those songs have been used in uh, many movies, TV shows, and video games since. I became a fan of his because of his soundtrack work on the films Bloodsport and Kickboxer, which were both released in the late 80s, and they were Jean-Claude Van Damme's first two starring roles. Fun movies, and Stan is awesome on those soundtracks. Now, Stan has a new album out this year. It's called Dare to Dream. It was released just last month in November 2020. There's two music videos out for the album already. There's one called Born to Fight, which was commissioned by Netflix. That song is being used on one of Netflix's anime TV shows. So Stan has put together a music video for that. And another music video he has out is for the track called The 80s. Now that is my personal favorite song off the new album. So... I jumped at the chance to have Stan on the show because, one, I really like the new record, and I had a lot of questions about it for him. And, two, I had him on because I really believe that what I call soundtrack rock is a major but overlooked aspect of the greater classic rock genre. For whatever reason, FM radio seems perfectly content playing soundtrack hits from Guys like Kenny Loggins, Glenn Fry, Bob Seger, Eric Clapton, Lindsey Buckingham. But at the same time, it skips over the music from guys like John Parr, Joe Esposito, Paul Engeman, Robert Tepper, Vince DiCola, Bill Conti, and today's guest, Stan Bush. All of those guys have deep rock and roll discographies beyond just their soundtrack hits. And I strongly feel they deserve to be represented in the genre as much as anybody. So on this show, I want to make sure I celebrate that work like I would anybody else. And having Stan on the show was a great opportunity to do that, especially now that he's got this new record out. My complaints about radio programming aside, I mostly wanted Stan on the show to talk about the new record, Dare to Dream. So in this interview, we're going to dive deep into the Dare to Dream album. We talk about a number of the tracks there. Stan talks about filming the music videos for the songs I mentioned earlier. 
And he also talks about how he wants to perform this music live in concert after, of course, live entertainment as a whole gets the post-pandemic green light. So hopefully we'll get to see that happen soon. Of course, I also had to ask him about the soundtracks on Bloodsport and Kickboxer. That's how I became a fan of his work, so I really appreciate that he indulged me on those. After that, he shares his memories of Eddie Van Halen, who obviously was a big inspiration to him and everybody who produced hard rock music in the 80s. And finally, we wrapped up with a discussion about the sort of music that still inspires him even today. So all in all, it was a really fun and, and robust conversation. We covered a lot of great topics. Again, Stan was very generous with his time, so I really have to say thanks to Stan for uh, stopping by. It was great to meet him, and I'd love to have him back on the show anytime. So be sure to check out the new album. You can learn more about it over at his website, stanbush.com. You can follow him at Stan underscore Bush on Twitter, and you can find him on Facebook as well. And with that, here's my interview with recording artist Stan Bush about his new album, which is available now, Dare to Dream. Dare to dream. Dare to live every Over this weekend, really dived into your discography. I was listening to... Um, the, the, one, the first one from 83 and the Barrage record from 87, I was, I was building some shelving in my basement, and those were great records to get some work done, too. I really enjoyed those. So, having you oh, Thank you. Thanks a lot. It's so funny because I'm building shel shelving in my basement right now, too. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. What, what are the odds, right? That, that's a great. It's a good project. That's real funny. Okay, so, so my... But my first curiosity, before we even dive into the album, is that COVID-19, the whole pandemic and the lockdowns and the quarantines and everything has turned the country totally upside down and maybe the music industry more than anybody. Uh, you know, every major tour has been canceled. You can't book shows. And artists have sort of had to find different ways to fill the time. What... For better or worse, what did the pandemic mean for you and your plans for 2020? Well, it, it's funny. I've heard this from other people, too. But uh, for, for me, uh, you know, like you said, a crazy year and a lot of, you know, bad stuff for a lot of people and, and uh, challenges and whatnot. Uh, but for me, it's been actually a, a silver lining in the creative side. Because uh, myself and my producer, Holger Pfaff, uh, we've been able to focus entirely on this record and the songs and the production and everything else. So it's in that respect, it's been a good, a good thing, you know, in that. So we're happy about the album. It came out, I think, really good. And uh, people seem to like it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. That's, that's kind of along the lines of what I've heard uh... Paul McCartney said about his new record he's got out this year is that he wasn't, you know, he wouldn't have made it in the way that he's made it if not for all this free time that he was really able to drill down and focus on it. So it sounds like you've been able to find that silver lining. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like always, you do all the vocals on this uh, record, and I gotta say, your voice sounds as strong as ever. Like I said, I was listening to your earlier records this weekend. And it, there's not any sort of noticeable difference. I don't want to be mean and, and name names, but like I've seen a lot of 
concerts from uh, guys who came up around the same time you did, and they can't say the same. So what's your secret? How do you keep the voice in shape all these years later? Well, I think a, a lot of my you know, longevity in terms of vocal is, is really, I haven't had to tour. Um, you know, the, a lot of these bands, they go out, you know, six months, a year and longer uh, on tour. And it's, you know, night after night, you can't keep that up. And, you know, especially the kind of singing that, you know, the rock stuff, the high, the high tenor, you know, it's really hard on your voice. So if you have to do shows night after night, it, it wears you down, I think. So, okay. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, the other thing too is I'm, I'm smarter than I was then. If you, if you could understand that. Yeah. I guess everybody feels that way. You feel like you've been, you know, here, here on the planet longer and, you know, kind of know what to do and how to, you know, I don't know. Just, like, vocal, uh, like vocal exercises. Yeah. Yeah. That. And, uh, and mainly, like I say, you know, not over, overdoing it with, yeah. uh, with gigs and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. I think uh, Sammy Hagar says uh, like a shot of tequila right before going on stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't sing drunk. I, although one shot's not going to do. Yeah, no, right. Yeah. I just wanted to loosen the muscles a little bit. Uh -huh. Yeah. Very cool. So um, when, uh, when live music resumes, um, are you hoping to take this um, record out on the road at all? Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping this uh, pandemic and all the other stuff, uh, you know, seem, you know, by next summer, maybe hoping, hoping that uh, things even out and, and start, start opening up again in terms of uh, being able to do shows and whatnot. Cause I think that's important. You know, I, I love to perform. And uh, so, yeah, I'm hoping that happens. Yeah. It, it's it been such a, a missing aspect of all of our lives. And I think, you know, as soon as those shows open up, up again, the, you know, crowds are going to come rushing back. Uh, when you think of this album uh, and looking down the road, what songs off this record are you most looking forward to performing? Probably the title track, Born to Fight. It's, or not, it's not title track, but the first song, um, the opening track, uh, it, it just came, that one came together at the last minute. Um, the album was nearly done. We had all, all but one song. And uh, suddenly Netflix contacted me about doing this uh, song for their, for their animes to promote a couple of their anime shows. And uh, it was sort of a tie-in thing with uh, the shows are, are Baki and Ash, uh, Kingan Ashura. I believe I pronounced that correctly. Anyway, um, so yeah, we myself and I called up Lenny Macaluso, who co-wrote the Touch with me, and we came up with Born to Fight in within a few weeks, really, and recorded it and everything, and it came out great. And so we had our final song for the album, and the Netflix guy, you know, he loved it, and so they uh, we did the music video with clips from the shows, the cartoon shows, and then uh, with me performing also. So it, it turned out really good, and. Uh, like I say, that one, and uh, I think uh, the title track, Dare to Dream, is also one that I'm looking forward to performing. I think that one's got an important message, and, you know, it's, uh, it's all fun. I, I, like, uh, I like all the songs, really. It's hard when you, when you play live because, you know, you have to – obviously, you have to play the touch, right? <laughs> and i got to play mm -hmm. uh, Love Don't Lie, some of those that people, you know, are like iconic songs to them, maybe, and uh, – it's uh, it's fun to have. I guess it's a good problem to have <laughs> too many yeah. choices, right? 
Yeah, a lot, a lot of great selections and such a such a deep discography. I mean, you know, there's so, so, so many ways you could go with it. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Um, I, I like that leadoff song a lot, too. I... I haven't seen the show it was used in, but I saw the music video you did for it, and uh, I gotta say, animation has gotten so there. There was so much blood and guts in this video. It was great. How did you like making that music video? It was fun. Um, it was, um, you know, part of it was, I think, uh, you know, reminiscent of the Transformers video, the, the touch video, the original one, um, in that, you know, I was in the animation sort of and, uh, or, you know, cutting in and out of it. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a blast. We did the performing part of the, of the uh, video here, uh, here in LA. And then the, an the animation, it was all edited together. It was either Japan or Singapore where they did the editing, and uh, the the Netflix anime headquarters is in Japan. So, okay, and, uh, yeah, but yeah, it came out really good. The same guy who did—I don't know if you saw that other video from the album, the the song called "The '80s," which came out, you know, a, a year ago last summer. 
Um, that was uh, the, the same guy who shot the, the video, Malcolm Guest. He's a really great uh, film or video director here in L.A. So, and we got him to do the, the new one as well. When I hear that music, I still go crazy. Yeah, I did see that. I saw both those videos. The 80s one is really good, too. Um, Thank you. Uh, do you enjoy making videos more now versus back in, you know, the MTV days? Or is it, uh, or, or was, was there a, a certain magic about that era that's hard to recapture? Well, it is hard to recapture that. Uh, yeah, the thing, too, not just videos, but, but movies back then, remember, like, they would have, like, songs throughout the movie, and they'd play big sections of them, and the 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 story of the movie was with the songs. It was great. I oh yeah. One of my favorites was like Top Gun. That was so cool, you know. Top Gun. Really cool stuff, uplifting songs and whatnot. So. There's a, a couple of '80s movies I can think of where the soundtracks are stronger than the movie itself. You know. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That, that was the case in a lot of them. Yeah. And it was a it was a different era, you know, obviously, but uh, but I like that that type of filmmaking where the the songs are sort of part of the story. Oh, for sure. Yeah. My favorite song from the album is the one you just said, the 80s. That is a a really cool number. I like the music video for that too. It's a a fantastic celebration of like that whole rock and roll scene of the 80s. And Thank I also you. sort of like that it's a song about music and and those those always work for me I, I think of it's only rock and roll by the stones an old-time rock and roll by bob seeger john fogarty yep. did one called credence song and the cool thing about all those and yours is that like they're celebrating music we already love but as standalone pieces they're also very strong so what thank you what inspired what is what is that 80s song that you wrote about what are what are some of the songs that inspired you when you were putting together the lyrics for that one well one uh, you didn't mention just now is summer of 69 that was like the ultimate sort of uh you know reminiscing back to your young days of youth and all that Those were the best days of my life. we grew up in a cool time and you know the uh, obviously for me it's more like the 70s <laughs> we won't go there <laughs> no but but 80s music is like killer. I mean, I still, that's what I still do basically is 80s music. I, I never really evolved from that, you know, and uh, I've just, I think I'm getting better at it all these years later. No, but, um, you know, there was just a lot of great stuff. And, and I think nostalgia is important in, in whatever, um, you know, that's one of the important things about music that you, it's not only your, your you know, music from that era but also your your own life what was going on at the time and yeah like i had the, the vw bus was in the, in the video and i had a vw bus when i was in high school you know so that that all kind of ties in and uh, it's like a time machine you know you you see a vw bus oh that's a that's a time that's a period or you know from the 70s or 80s or whatever so takes you back for sure yeah I, takes I you like, back i like that one a lot um thank you you were on uh, uh, Scotty Brothers Records, right? Did you mm -hmm. did you know Jimmy Jameson from Survivor? Yeah, 
I never met him. Well, okay, I say that. No, actually, I didn't. I hadn't never met him. Uh, I love his voice, but it's, yeah. it was a big shame when he passed away, and he's going to be missed by all. Uh, but, yeah, when, when I toured with Survivor, I was the opening act. I guess it was 1994 in oh. Europe, most, mostly Germany. But, okay. uh, but the, at that point, they had their old singer back for that tour. I'm not sure why. The, uh, the original, the guy who sang uh, Eye of the Tiger. Dave Bickford. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a real nice guy. And, uh, of course, uh, one, uh, one of the roadies had plugged Frankie's amp in two, 220 and blew it up. And so, uh, <laughs> but I had the, I know, I know. And I let him use my rig for the, for the rest of the tour. So he, he liked me, you know. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't want to yeah. cross Frankie. I, I've heard stories. I, I got Jim Peterick's book. I know there's some drama in that group. But I, I only bring Jimmy up because um, uh, about 10 or, 12 years ago, he wrote a song called When Rock Was King. I'll have to send it to you. I, it's not as strong as, as your song, The 80s, but it's along that wavelength. It's looking back uh -huh. of that great era of music, and you, you might get a kick out of it because I think it's like a good companion yeah. piece. I'll check it out. I performed this laser beam. It's 80s on my time machine when rock was king. Besides that one, my three favorite songs on Dare to Dream are the three dream songs. The title track, A Dream of Love, and Dream Big. Those were the ones that, that stuck out to me, and obviously even with the, the cover art on this record, Dreams seems to be the central theme of this record. Was that a conscious decision when you were putting this together, or is that just kind of where the writing took you? Well, that's funny you should ask, because I... I got into a little bit of a panic because I saw, hey, wait, I got three titles of the, using the word dream in the, in the album. But then it occurred to me, hey, it's a theme, you know. So I just kind of ran with it. And uh, A Dream of Love is really a cool, that to me is like, a, it's got this a AOR vibe. Like, you know, I, I like how it builds up. It's got a really neat uh, melody and all that. And, uh, and of course, Dream Big is, is a big, big, huge, you know uh you know anthem about believing in yourself and like the the kid the dad tells his his son you know to to dream big in life you know and that's that's a great message for for all of us and uh it's funny because people ask me about you know this this motivational kind of stuff and why you know why i write those sorts of songs and uh, you know, like, I guess it kind of started with the touch. I, uh, I don't know. It's just, I like positive songs. I, you know, I believe that we create our own reality, you know, and uh, you sort of, you know, in, in this world, in this life, you know, I mean, we can, we can do a lot more than we think we can do. You know, we have a lot of power. So it's, it's good stuff, you know, and uh, it's just, I don't know. I just kind of sort of fell into that. To me, it's, it's great. You know, I just, uh, if, if you can do something to bring, you know, uh, happiness to somebody or whatever then you know hey what can, what else can you say what can you do that's you know that's better in a way you know well that's that's such a great theme to have because as we're closing up uh, a real for a lot of people a garbage year and going into 2021 uh, i think these are the kinds of songs and and messages that we need you know you know we got to oh, start off you. the next year on a, on a strong foot so that's why those yeah. really you know registered with me um, Thank you. That's great. The 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 closer home. That was a that was seemed um, that was an interesting change of pace. That was like a slower, 
uh, more, I don't want to, not acoustic, but uh, uh, an interesting, interesting piece as well. How did, how did you write that song? It's a long road, carry me home. You know, I think inside all of us have that sort of longing to go back, maybe not to a place, but to a time. Uh, that sort of thing and uh, I don't know I guess it, each of us throughout throughout our lives we carry this like identity that we sort of you know the child within kind of thing I even haven't had a, a ta an album title years ago with that title and uh, oh yeah uh, you know to me it's uh, it's just kind of a thing where we all long to like we're, we're all salmon I guess we're trying to swim back home or something back where we came from and and uh, you know they, they say you can't go back and maybe that's true but uh, you can definitely think about it and remember and, and uh, you know, we, we all, uh, we all had to grow, you know, we grew up with our, our folks and our, you know, siblings and whatnot and had a, you know, it, it was a different thing, a different time. And uh, you know, that, that sort of safe safety, you know, and you know, you don't, you don't have the stresses that we have as adults. Right. Yeah. And uh, well, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a nice uh, sentiment to close out the record on it, it you know on a, you. on a nice easy note I, I enjoyed that one too so thank you i know most of your fans got started with your work um because of the touch and dare from the transformers mm -hmm. soundtrack yeah uh, if you couldn't guess by my shirt i actually became a fan uh via the uh jean-claude van damme movies blood sport and kickboxer Oh, great. Those, uh, I, those are my two favorite Jean-Claude movies, and I really think it's the soundtracks that are like the secret sauce that put them over the top. Those were collaborations with Paul Herzog. I'm not terribly familiar with Paul, so can you tell me a little bit how you, you got those gigs? Well, um, I'm not sure how the actual referral took place, but I was basically hired as a singer to do those. Uh, the, uh, the one song, Kickboxer, was... Or, or on the kickboxer movie called uh, Never Surrender, that was uh, Lenny Macaluso wrote that. So that's kind of when I met him. Um, and through the Scotty brothers was when they hooked me up with a, a you know a few different guys that uh, to uh, songwriters to work with, you know. And uh, that was like to me very eye opening because I'm you know I was still coming into my own a bit as a writer back in those days, and you know. It, I still still write with Lenny. He's he's great, and uh, you know, like I say, what can you say about Lenny? I mean, he's just really good, and and uh, you know, but but yeah, that was what happened on those movies. I uh, I was basically brought in as a as a singer, and I did a lot of stuff back in the in that day in that time. Uh, I was doing commercials and stuff, and uh, demos, and singing on different albums and things, and I sang on an Alice Cooper record, and. Uh, uh, Jefferson Starship. I mean, they would use me mm -hmm. for different. Yeah, really. Uh, you know, it was it was cool. It was. Uh, they wanted that rock voice. You know, that sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you did you meet Alice or anybody in in Starship? Yeah, yeah. He was real nice. Yeah. Okay. That was okay. that one. Uh, yeah, he's good guy. Which one? Which record was that? Well, um, it's the one with Centipede. Uh, I don't know what that is. That is that Wayne's World time or the one after it? Or, I yeah. can't remember. Oh, that, that's, yeah. that's cool. I didn't know you were on those. Did you ever meet Grace Slick? And, or was she gone at that point? No, she was gone at that point. Uh, but 
I didn't even meet, meet Mickey Thomas uh, at oh. that time. Uh, it was just, uh, but I was brought in to sing backgrounds. Uh, okay. The uh, producer, uh, yeah. Anyway. Hey, that's that's still awesome to be part of those those legacies. Yeah, K, uh, Kane Roberts, I sang on his album. Okay. And, uh, who was the guy, the original keyboard player for Journey? Uh, oh, his Jonathan album. Kane. Before him, there was another oh. guy. Oh, I, I worked with Jonathan with Jonathan as well. We we co-wrote songs, and well, after Journey broke up, he was you know kind of looking around, deciding what to do, and he was we were maybe going to do a band thing. So we wrote three or four songs together, and, and great guy, really talented. And uh, but then they wound up doing Bad English after that. So oh, Bad English, that's right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Jonathan oh. Waite. Yeah, John yeah, Waite. John Waite. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So um, when you go out on the road, uh, do you like playing those, those soundtrack songs? Do you get a good response from uh, Never Surrender? Or uh, my favorite is Fight to Survive, but they're all great. Thank you. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I was like, Fight to Survive has got in a couple TV shows recently in the last couple of years. And, oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I still like listen to that. That's a, that's a high E. I don't even know if I could hit that anymore. Oh. <laughs> that, that five to survive. It's like nuts, like stupid high. <laughs> it's like, man. <laughs> now, I've always had a high voice, but I mean, that one was especially up there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I just watched Bloodsport over this weekend. And man, is that, that's during the fight scenes. I mean, there is not, there's not a better song that could play. Uh, during the action of martial arts. So I think you really have, just that's a masterpiece when it comes to fight music. I love it. Be nice uh, to do a music video with with uh, Jean-Claude, right? Oh, that yeah. would be or even even a cameo or something. That would be awesome. Yeah, did did uh when you put that soundtrack out, did you um did you meet Jean Claude? I did. Yeah, um, okay. I met him at the screening for Kickboxer, and uh, yeah, he was he was trying to talk to my my wife at the time, uh, my first wife. Uh, and she, he was like, "Who who's this guy?" Kind of you know. And then uh, then she like, then she sees him on the screen with his shirt off, like whoa! <laughs> you know? Oh, it was, no! But I, I saw him a couple of years after that. I was playing at this big outdoor bar, and and he comes in. The bouncers were giving him a hard time, and I said, "Oh, let this guy in, right?" And uh, anyway, that he came over and thanked me after that, and I and I saw it. Oh yeah, by the way, I'm the one who sang, and and he said, "Wow, you see, the, the music was better than the movies." <laughs> he really <laughs> said that, <laughs> but. Uh, Anyway, but that's oh. the only time I met him. Oh, those, those two times. That's great. That is really funny. He, yeah, he's always struck yeah. me as like a real funny guy outside of it, so I'm glad those anecdotes confirm it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Earlier this year, I talked to a guy named Austin Trunick who's writing a book about uh, canon films. He's writing a series of books about those. And okay. th th they uh, made Bloodsport, and they're sort of an infamous film company and I just wonder when you were putting together the Bloodsport soundtrack did you meet anybody from Canon? Not really the um it was just at some obscure studio you know oh, okay. I think it was in it was in a house actually in the hills above Malibu Beach and where we did the the actual tracking you know and uh again I was just sort of more of a hired gun you know uh oh, okay. you're singing these songs and it's like oh okay yeah <laughs> so uh 
yeah. a fun process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always love, you know, doing this stuff. It's like, it's funny. I play guitar for, you know, like 50 some odd years. And, but I, you know, it's like always kind of work to play well, you know, and uh, mm. like I, now I just like hire guys to play like, like Holger, my producer, he's great guitar player. So it's like, why, why do you have, why even bother? You know, I mean, I play live, but it's like, and I come up with parts, but to sit, to sit and play in the studio is really not easy. You, you know, you got to have tuning, right. You got to play everything perfect. And it's just not, not that, not that easy to do when you have guys around that are killer at that, you know, it's like, so just hire some guy, but singing is like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's <laughs> funny. Came naturally or something. A lot of repetition. I imagine if you're recording music in the studio too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it is. It's, um, it, that's the thing too. You want to keep the freshness and the excitement and all that. So that's important. But, uh, but I, you know, in the, in the old days, you know, they just get, you know, four or five guys in a room and turn the tape machine on and, you know, you'd, you'd play a lot of the album live, you know, or, or the tracking at least, you know, the bass and drums and then later replace the vocal and stuff. But okay. yeah, yeah, a lot of ways to go. So your background is like we were talking about that 80s hard rock sound and sadly earlier this year that genre lost probably the biggest character come up to come out of it which is eddie van halen i have to imagine that eddie's music uh, in you know inspired you to some degree or at least interested you what what did uh, eddie's music mean to you you know during like uh the barrage days well like i say you know that guy was awesome i mean he's like amazing talent and uh and i i think i mentioned this already but top gun that movie uh that that's what dreams are made of. That kind of song, just like wow, you know, I love that song. And Sammy Hager was, you know, I, I liked him better as a singer. Uh, David Lee Roth is, you know, quite the performer too, you know. But I'm just saying, as a, as just a pure singer, I mean, I, uh, you know, but that's just a personal thing. But uh, but great band and great songs. It's funny too because, like, I, it, another thing that struck me about Van Halen, they would take a very pop song like uh, "Dance Tonight Away," right? If you did that song with a pop production, it would be so cheesy, you know. But because it was cool and the music was amazing, it, it, it turned it into this great rock song, uh, you know. But what I'm just saying is the the, the song itself is not. Uh, it's not a, it's the production is everything, you know, it's, it's a really simple, simple song. Jump is a simple song too, you know, but uh, it just, um, I think the, the way they delivered it was incredible. So, For sure. And, and I'm with you, by the way, on Sammy, as far as, and like, like you said, Dave's a, a really fun front man. I've seen him in concert, but Sammy's got the pipes and I don't think that was ever Dave's strong suit. Um, yeah. But, but both eras of Van Halen are a lot of fun. Uh, but on that note, like, when, when you got started, and, and even still today, you know, who are the artists and what is the music that inspires you? What, what moves you and makes you want to write more music? Um, well, some of my favorite stuff uh, was, like, the early Foreigner stuff. Lou Graham 
in his prime. He nobody could touch him. To me, he was my favorite singer, and uh, you know, Steve Perry too, great great singer. But I mean, uh, just as um, and early on, it was the Beatles, and I, I liked Motown. I liked everything growing up. It was like uh, we, you know, we had the best music in the era in the world, the seventies and eighties, and uh, you know. Uh, it, it was for me, it was about songs. And then, you know, there were so many great bands too. But yeah, I think Led Zeppelin, of course, was another biggie in terms of uh, influences, I guess, early on. Um, but uh, it's hard to say, you know, it, it just kind of evolved uh, through the years. But I always liked that foreigner giant kind of um, chord patterns. And, and the other thing too, that, that I really like are modulations where you change key to go into the chorus, let's say, and so it doesn't say, stay the whole way through the song in the same sort of register, you know, you hear, they say, wow, that's cool. It's like a whole different, you know, it changes. I, I like, I really like unpredictability, you know, in songwriting. To me, it's, you know, it makes it interesting. I, it, it's cool that you said Foreigner because I, I when I was listening to um, uh, A Dream of Love, that was literally, I just thought to myself, oh, this kind of reminds me of Foreigner. You know, so I, I can see that, that, that vibe you've captured very well. Um, Thank you. You're the only one that I'm dreaming of. You know, there's a lot of positive news uh, coming out about potential vaccines. I was listening to uh, Joe Walsh's radio show this weekend, and he said that He's hearing that you know the engines are uh, the engines are getting ready to you know put on live music once again. Hopefully, you know bands are going to be able to get back out on the road. I know you're hoping to tour behind uh, Dare to Dream if all, if everything goes well. When you go out on tour, you said you don't you you don't go out for like six months at a time. What sort of tours do you like to put together? Well, generally, it's not touring per se. I mean, okay, I'll I'll just do a show here and there, like a festival in in Europe, let's say, like uh, a, a year ago, I guess it was, yeah, um, a year ago this month in uh, the thirtieth of November, right now. That's uh, that was actually a year ago, I think exactly. Oh, I did wow. the Heat okay. Festival in Germany, <laughs> yeah, and there were several bands. It was a weekend long thing, and uh, I had performed in England uh, the year before that. And uh, a couple times I'd perform with, this, with these guys, local musicians in England, and they're great players. Um, anyway, so I called them up again for this uh, German show that we did, Germany show. And, um, but, yeah, and when we do stuff in the States, uh, occasionally, like I did a show in, uh, a couple of years ago in, well, at the Whiskey in, here in L.A. and uh, also something in San Diego the year before that. So I have, like, local guys that, like with my producer, guitar player, Holger Fath, you know, he and I and some other guys, uh, we have kind of a, a band when I, when I perform in LA, but it's one thing at, at least with the solo artists, that's a benefit is I can get um, musicians or bands sort of put together around me. So, you know, like I don't have to, you don't have to pay for a whole band to fly over to Europe and hotels and airfare, you know, it's a lot of expense that's saved, you know, by being a solo artist. So, and, and no, but they'd have to, no interband drama either, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. <laughs> no, but the, no, the, no, I'm just saying you're right. That, that is a, a plus. 
but yeah, no, they, uh, they learn the stuff ahead of time and I just show up two or three days ahead and rehearse a couple of times. And that's usually, uh, usually enough. It's, it, it's, it works out well, but no actual touring per se, where you go out for weeks or months at a time, I really haven't done much of that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the survivor tour we did, you know, maybe seven dates or something over a period of a couple of weeks. And I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So par pardon me if this is a sort of a selfish question. Do you know if you've, uh, have, have you ever played Milwaukee or Wisconsin? Or maybe just Chicago? Yeah. Um, I did a show in Chicago. Um, it was like maybe five years ago. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, at a rock venue there. And uh, there was another, uh, I guess the only place that was remotely close to that uh, was um, Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, it was okay. a, Transform a Transformers convention there. Oh, nice. And we, okay. we, we played, yeah, that was a... So, so it sounds like festivals and like convention appearances are sort of your live performing bread and butter. What are you talking about, like for monetary? No, 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 no. I mean, just like when, just uh, of when it comes to live performing, that's where that's like your comfort zone. Your those are the best gigs for you to book. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, I kind of uh, it, it's really fun because like I do have a local thing that we play out with an acoustic band with. Uh, the bass player from Quiet Riot, and uh, oh, the, nice. the, yeah, he's he's great. And the the drummer from America toured with uh, uh, Joe Cocker, Tina Turner, and all these people. And the guitar players play with a lot of people as well, and uh, also plays violin. So we do like Zeppelin and uh -huh. uh, you know just fun stuff. It's it's a very cool uh, band, Acoustic Saints, it's called. So okay, uh, that you know just doing gigs like that around kind of keep me in shape vocally and. That's that's got to be a, that's got to be a treat for the locals. I I'm gonna have to move out to California. <laughs> uh, well, that's true. You know, uh, you you got everything out here. You know, it's uh, I like I guess any major city is gonna have some some top notch players, but you know, you got everything here, and uh, it's probably the same in any big city. Yeah, we're we're spoiled in Milwaukee because we have Summerfest, which is uh, the world's largest music festival. And I only oh, nice. I only bring it up because if, if you make the decision to actually go out on the road a little bit, uh, you know, have your your promoter look that one up. It, they, it draws huge crowds, and I I, I think you'd do really well there. Um, but it, it, anyway, it, it it's fun stuff. So, um, well, all right. So it's uh, officially Cyber Monday now, which means we've entered the holiday season. And Christmas music has reared its head uh, to the delight of some and the misery of others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Since it's uh, almost Christmas time, I gotta ask, how do you like Christmas music? Oh, it's it's great. I mean, uh, I like the Christmas songs a lot. Yeah, uh, you know, they have uh, they have really neat melodies, and you wonder why they stick in your head when you walk around the mall and you hear them over and over. It's because they're good songs. You know, they're they're great songs. And, for sure, uh, and, yeah. and very positive. So I that, that leads me to ask: Would could you ever foresee a Stan Bush Christmas song? Oh, you mean writing one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'd like to do that. The uh, I should work on something for next year. Oh, I think so, that'd be uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> very unique, <laughs> you know. But yeah. but capturing that that optimism and good you know goodwill towards man, you know that that seems to be up your alley. Oh, thanks. Well, okay. I think um, 
I think that's about does it for me. I, I really appreciate your time. I just wanted to say that uh, I think people should buy the new record. I've listened to it a couple of times now. You know, all the music there is is you know motivational and uplifting, optimistic, and like I said earlier, that's that's the kind of stuff we need um, right now. So. Uh, for fans who are looking to get the record uh, through your website's the best way to do that, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Stanbush.com. Oh. It's on iTunes as well, and uh, yeah. Okay, and then as far as your back catalog goes, I always wonder this because I know certain like Spotify doesn't you know pay artists very well. What's the best way for fans to get a hold of your back catalog in a way that supports you the best? Just the website, really. Um, they, it's funny you mentioned that because the, the five albums that I did before the, la the latest six are, are now available on CDR. Or CD, not CDR. What I mean is they're actual manufactured CDs. So oh. um, that's kind of a cool thing. It's like now that they're all available, um, in those silver CDs, you know. So uh, that's, that's a good thing. And uh, it's, people have been after me for years to do that. And, uh, I've finally took the plunge. <laughs> yeah, nice. But, uh, I, it's no, it's, it's it's people have had trouble finding those, and uh, you know the the ones I could name them, but I think uh, you could just on the website it has all of them. And, yeah, so very cool. I, I'm yeah. sure you get this question too. But is uh, has any of your stuff been like re-released on vinyl? No, uh, people asked me for the last two or three years about do, doing that, and I really ought to. Because I think, um, well, like this new record, for instance, uh, is getting tremendous reviews. It would be definitely something worth considering, you know, to do. Because I know some people love vinyl. I, I do, too, actually. I used to have a killer turntable and system and everything. But uh, I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> Probably sold it. But, uh, but I know there is a demand. So uh, yeah. if you're going to do one, you want to pick a real special album to, to, to do it with, I think. So for sure, I'll I'll keep that in mind. That's a that's a good thought. Yeah, well, I, I thought I thought of it because I was just beyond the the appeal of vinyl. You got a lot of really cool album artwork, and I started collecting records more so than anything you know years ago just for the artwork. And uh, yeah, I, I love I love the cover on Dare to Dream. Thank you. I uh, yeah I, I that, that's what I loved about the uh, the vinyl albums too. It had the big artwork. You know, my first two albums were vinyl, so. The, oh, uh, oh, the original, oh, right, right. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stan Bush and, and Barrage, right? Yep. Yeah, Stan Bush. There was one, the first one was just Stan Bush, and the second one was Stan Bush and Barrage. So. Yeah. But then after that, it was CD. And, mm -hmm. so, yeah. I'm going to see, have to see if I can track some of those down for my collection. I tried to, to look up the Bloodsport soundtrack, but those are very rare and very expensive. So, what can you do? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much for your time, man. It was really nice to meet you, and I, I love uh, the new pleasure. record, and it was a lot. Of, this has been great. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And that was my conversation with Stan Bush about his new album, Dare to Dream. Dare to Dream is available now, so go to his website and check that out. So I need to thank Stan for being so gracious with his time and for being the first ever recording artist guest on this show. And just as a fan... I also have to thank him for all the incredible music he's produced over the years. If you're not familiar with Stan, beyond this new record, Dare to Dream, I would encourage you to listen to his music 
on the Bloodsport and Kickboxer soundtracks. I think those are a lot of fun. And if you want to go just a little bit deeper, check out his first two records. Um, his 1983 eponymous debut, and he's got a 1987 album called Stan Bush and Barrage. Both of those are great entry points uh, to his discography, and you can explore from there. But before that, get Dare to Dream. Dare to Dream is a great record for longtime fans. And I think it's also a great album for casual fans who want to reintroduce themselves to Stan's work. It's that classic 80s hard rock sound, and Stan's vocals are as strong as they've ever been. So I really recommend it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. If you want to learn more about the record or about any of his records, you can go over to his website, stanbush.com. You can get uh, physical copies of any of the albums he's put out over the years, which is not always the case with um, artists. So I think that's very cool that you can do that on his website. I'm a big proponent of physical media because it, it supports the artist directly and it gives you a permanent piece. You, you know, streaming services move music all the time. So get that physical CD uh, for your collection. Again, that's stanbush.com. You can also find him on social media. He's on Facebook, and he's at Stan underscore Bush on Twitter. And after you've got Dare to Dream and you've followed Stan on social media, please remember the big four things you can do to support this show, all of which cost you zero dollars. One, listen to the show. Hey, if you're hearing this part right now, you already did it. So thank you. Thank you for doing that one. Two, recommend the show to family, friends, or anybody you know that is looking for a podcast about rock and roll or music in general. If you if there's web forums or Reddit posts or social media threads that are looking for podcast recommendations, please post our link. It's much appreciated. Word of mouth is the best promotional tool for any podcaster, and that is something I have to rely on my audience to do. So if you can, please spread it around. Three, find us on social media. I am at PlayThatPodcast on Twitter, PlayThatRockAndRoll on Facebook, but if you search PlayThatPodcast, all one word, you'll find us. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash PlayThatRockAndRoll. And the fourth thing you can do to support us is give us a good rating and a positive review on any platform you listen to podcasts on, be it Apple, Spotify, Amazon, whatever. Leave us just a nice rating and review. That helps a great deal in a show's early days, which we absolutely still are. Remember, this show is less than a year old, so any uh, positive ratings and reviews help quite a bit. And with that, I'll just uh, give you a tease of what we got coming up. Unfortunately, there's not really going to be a Christmas episode as I originally planned. Frankly, I'm running out of time, and I don't really have a solid idea for a Christmas episode anyway. So instead, the next episode is just going to be a year-in-review sort of retrospective on what we accomplished in 2020. I promise it's not going to be a clip show but it'll be a fun, shorter episode than normal that looks back at the year and then also talks about what I'm hoping to accomplish in 2021. And I can announce the first podcast episode of 2021. 
that is going to be a deep dive on Stan Bush's full career. And that's an easy pick because in the last week or so, I've been listening to a great deal of Stan's career, and there's just so much fantastic music that I, I'd love to, to talk about in full. And now that I've had a chance to meet him and he's got the new record out, I think it's a great opportunity to do just that. So we're going to start 2021 off on a strong note by diving into the full discography of Stan Bush. And with that, I just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And really, thanks for tuning in all year. I really appreciate each and every one of you who gave this show a chance in its first year. That means quite a bit to me, so thank you very much for that. Since we're at the end, Stan, one last time, play us out. Play that rock and roll with Joe K. Oh, that's awesome, dude. You made my day. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. When I hear that 80s song. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.